0: Hey, Cam.
1: Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when
0: you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way.
1: Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock, options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Let's put it up for the weekend
2: Warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Ferret, and his co host, Mr. Hard. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can ignore you. Put it up for the warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. Brought to you in part by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today.
1: What's up, West Coast Cam? Well,
0: hello there, Don.
1: Hey, um, there's this thing. They've got laws against this thing. I, I mean, I say, hey, what's up, Cam? And I hear a kid screaming in the background. They got laws against that shit.
0: Hey, man. I run a tight ship around here. Just saying. Okay. Uh, keep them in check. Dude, I'm literally looking at the clock.
1: We, we've been recording for 12 seconds, and you've already <laughs> told your first lie. I, I mean, can we get, I mean, God dang it. Can we at least get 60 seconds in? You know damn well that Angie is the one that runs your show over there, and you're trying to say that you run a tight ship.
0: It's 100% true. I just, you know, I just like to pretend sometimes. That's why I get to, I, I sit in my garage, and I just trip out on, you know, Things of what my I think my life is, and and then I go into the house and realize what it really is. So they make yeah. medication for that. <laughs> on the on the good side, at least uh, at least the fact that you know my my garage, like, atmosphere is just as good as what goes on inside the house. So, you know, I'm a lucky guy.
1: Are Are you saying that with a tone of voice of trying to convince me? Or convince you which one? No, man. It's things. Things are good. Things are good. Okay, I want life's good. I want you to know that I got a hate mail today. Somebody's filing suit against you. They they're a little been out of shape about you using child labor laws on Jet for branding, trying to further your company name. Uh, for why? Yeah, I don't know. They were upset. I, what'd you do? You put that low? You put that decal on Jet's butt or something for breakfast this morning? <laughs> yeah. hey, no, I didn't I, do that. Are you sure? Yeah. Now, some I I have to pull it up on my phone. Somebody screenshotted it to me. Something about child labor laws in California. They're looking to get whatever they can.
0: Yeah. Good luck. I'm but, just yeah. I, I, dude, I'm
1: again. I'm just here to to share the information. I don't. Know He's why.
0: the only one factory sponsored, so you know he can do whatever he wants. So where he's, do, the, he's the emperor of the world. Where do we where, where do we
1: where do we send where do we send the the applications to be factory sponsored by Ferrer and Company? Let's get those let's
0: get those emails flowing. Uh well, you can start with. I think I have an email account for it, but you can just you know what just send them to hate mail at racersrentalcars.com com.
1: We'll have our one of our assistants to go through them and and check yeah. out
0: what. Yeah, we'll have Jet. I'll have Jet review the proposals. He <laughs> can't do whichever any work. Yeah, whichever one he slams on. We'll there go we go. That.
1: That's it. It's gonna be all based on the colors. Whichever
0: one, whichever one, Mac or uh, or Lightning McQueen happens to roll over, that's who will get the free stuff.
1: Ah, uh, all right. Well, hey, guess what? What? You get your engine put back together for Angie, so she's got something that she can race
0: uh stuff still at the machine shop from what i understand but it's it's in process and uh yeah i hear there's a race that potentially may happen in july so um we might need to get our ish together so well, i look
1: i'm so yesterday as you know as we're recording this on wednesday evening we got the schedule tuesday for nhra lucas oil it came out yippee Kaye. Ready to go racing. Some of the divisions across the country are going to be very happy. and and, Well, they're going to be happy that they can go racing in states that are actually going to let them go racing. uh, As we're recording tonight, Uh, Indiana and Ohio both moved up their phase openings. So I think every racetrack in Indiana uh, went crazy on Facebook probably about 3 o'clock Central Time. And then shortly after that, about six o'clock central time, I saw that all the Ohio racetracks were going crazy on, on social media. So they're going to, but here's up. the
0: thing though, they're all, they're all opening and doing their thing, but that does nothing for the NHRA pro tour.
1: Well, you know what? Sometimes, you know, can I say it? Can I go out on a limb and jump up and down? Hey, can guess what? Sometimes it's not all about the pros. It's a true story. I don't even really claim to be a pro. I'm an amateur pro. If you put, I mean, see, that's another opportunity for you to put BS behind pro and you you have got a bachelor's degree and you completely missed your opportunity there.
0: Professional bullshitter? Yeah, I'm Yeah, that's exactly right. I I mean, I can attest to that, but.
1: Head executive um, at Cheetos College.
0: (laughs) Hey, man. Pays the bills. Things Uh, are good. Still got a paycheck. Grateful for that. Yeah, well only one of my summer school courses got canceled so i still got one well still holding tough
1: and god and god forbid something happens and we can't teach people how to do body work out there in this <laughs> glorious state of california it's gonna be hey, struggles
0: the, the industry the industry is already dying so um, if that happens then we're all in a world of hurt and everybody's gonna be rolling around in a bunch of bashed up cars so not that they already aren't but it's whatever
1: Well, I'm feeling pretty excited about tonight. I mean, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but, you know, it's not... It's been a while since I've had the opportunity to have two people in the same state to bash at the same time. Because, you know, you're on the West Coast, and it it doesn't matter. I mean, you're doing it wrong. I mean, uh, how there's not assassination attempts on the governor in the state of California, I, I just... I mean, seriously, I think it's because you guys passed that whole smoke marijuana freaking law. No, everybody's high out there and they just don't give a damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I think it lightened up a lot of people when that went into effect. Just saying.
1: Somebody said somebody posted on uh, on social media about Arnold. I don't know. They had some they had so many gifts about Arnold from the, Terminator. the governator? Yeah, the governor. There was yeah, so the governor. was a shit. There's so many different gifts, and I was just laughing today. Somebody was all, all, all flipped out about it. They were spun up. So,
0: what would the governor do? Probably I, a lot more than what's happening right now. Dude, I
1: feel sorry for the West Coast. I, that's the one. That is the one division. When the schedule came out, I was like, man, do I feel sorry for the people on the West Coast? I, I just. I heard today, what is it? Seattle has this like large, what do they call it? Seafest or something like that.
0: Oh Seaf Seafair. Sea
1: okay. Yeah. It yeah. made it made the news. I'm I mean sorry, it made the news boats and
0: all that. Yeah, it made the
1: news over here yeah, in yeah. the Midwest that it got canceled. And I mean, I know there's a new NHRA national event schedule coming out, but I was kinda looking at the leaked schedule that's completely hot jello and it was the same <laughs> weekend at, what'd you call it seafair?
0: Yeah, well, it's – I mean, that's the hard part because a lot of times that the Seafair is actually the same weekend as the National and finding hotels and all that is a nightmare because the Seafair is like their huge moneymaker. So that's a bummer that that's actually canceled, which doesn't fare good for for us. But what I also heard too is like even at the Divisional, they can race up there, but they can't stay overnight and quote-unquote camp. So they were talking about you can go to the race, run your time runs, and then you have to leave and then come back. Okay. You can't stay overnight. So everybody's going to be camping out in the Wally World parking lot. And not that my buddy Nick and I haven't done that before um, with about 60 other rigs. The Wally World parking lot is actually pretty big up the street. It's like uh, two exits away. So, uh,
1: again, I, I just want people to know that are out there that are shaking their heads and they're going, yeah, that's just stupid. Remember, you voted these people into office. That's all I'm going to say. You did I didn't. you didn't check their background okay yeah I mean you need to show them a Sesame Street commercial or cartoon about the cookie monster and see what they say if they don't like the cookie monster you need to get them out of the office that's all I'm gonna say
0: okay
1: well I mean the I'll what's call the my coo- people call your people what I mean think about how simple it can be the cookie monster likes cookies so, if you've got somebody in office that understands that they Cookie Monster likes cookies, it should be pretty simple to understand that people that race need to be at a racetrack, not, not being allowed to camp. That's just ridiculous. I mean, what kind of common sense? Take a shower, but don't put on underwear. I don't know. What are you doing out there? I don't know. Dude, you froze up on me. I don't know. Is that what you had like one? I bet that's what one of your students look like in your class. They're looking at you. They're like, (laughs) deer in the headlight Look, I'm just. What the hell is he talking about?
0: Yeah, that happens a lot. All right. Anyway. Well, hey, let's. Why don't you just call up our guest? Let's just get his ass in here.
1: You just. Why don't you get put your headphones down and go take care of your kid? Stop beating him. I don't know what you're doing over there to your kid.
2: (laughs) Hey, that ain't
0: my kid that ain't my kid <laughs> my kid has been beaten to oblivion oh and god then,
1: you, you know. admitted it on the air you can't take yes. it back oh man well let's get our guest on the line we're gonna get we're gonna get to talk to somebody who is uh try i mean he might be running for governor of california i mean he brought uh he brought bracket racing to the west coast in, in a successful manner and uh so now he's out there we're gonna ring up old chris foresight and for uh the west coast people you know and loving and bracket racers in the country uh are listening to somebody scream in the background so if this goes to uh, one of those um netflix documentaries for live crime or something i promise you i was not involved
2: i swear I it's not me i don't, I don't know carol baskin No not <laughs> what's going on there North. chris oh nothing much my uh my three-month-old entourage is just obviously a little excited. Well, I'd hey, be
0: excited if, too if you were on Racers and Rental Cars podcast. <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, sounds well, like the kids I, got their priorities I see in How life.
2: many viewers you got? But I imagine it might have shot down just a little.
1: <laughs> now nah, we, you know, believe it or not, we've got a we've got a diverse crew. We get some good feedback from people that have kids. They try to give Cam parenting tips, which I, that's just hopeless. It's just a waste of time. Don't um, let
0: Don fool you. You can't go from anywhere below zero viewers.
2: So, <laughs> well, <I laughs> you can only go there. to. I, <laughs> was, I was listening to you guys while you guys were going off, and then I mean, Don, you get you get him a full full deep breath worth of shit to talk, and he just goes and I, Cam Cam did not freeze himself. Much like Epstein didn't kill him, So
1: <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> Oh well, Chris, thanks for taking some time yeah. out. I know you're right down the road from, from Cam out there on the West Coast. and uh,
0: Yeah, he's, he's 12 miles away, but it takes six hours to get there. <laughs> Not right now, it don't. Yeah. Well, I was going to
1: say, shouldn't you all be at home? I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: Chris, uh, he, thanks for coming on the show. Do us a favor for the people that are listening, which like Cam tries to always say, we have zero listeners, but somehow or another we still get a report every Monday that, that a few thousand people are tuned in. Uh, tell everybody about yourself.
2: Uh, Well, uh, I was obviously a last resort this evening for, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're
0: telling me there's a chance. So, uh,
2: check. Yeah. Just a, uh, I, I mean, we, we could go off on three different, four different tangents here. Uh, uh, most recently and probably most successfully, I'm, I've, uh, worked my way into the promotional side of drag racing, uh, big dollar bracket races over here on the West coast. Um, I've been racing myself for well I've been getting in a car obviously I've learned over the years there's a difference between guys that drive cars and drivers and I'm a guy that drives a car and I've driven a few of them over the years. Um, um, I've um, that quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. But hell I'm still a chassis inspector NHRA still foolish enough to let me make some money for them and uh uh <laughs> got a got another you know little a uh, business that pays my uh you know 60 hour a work week or whatever we're we're doing these days and uh, yeah just been heavily invested in this sport for quite some time
1: well now personally i met you through brad and brad plourd and right
0: bad brad plourd, bad
1: brad plourd. and so that's
0: one of these days too yeah
1: we'll have to interview paxton more than brad anyway um
2: if <laughs> <laughs> you ever talked to brad like this it, it's it's hard sometimes to keep it going a little bit <laughs>
0: Brad, tell me about yourself.
2: Name's
1: uh, Brad. <laughs> I, I drive race cars. What do you drive? Whatever you, whatever you let me get sit
2: in. Yeah. Well, truth be told, he does drive them well.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, now you talked about the fact that you, that you do work with NHRA. You're out there. You're a bracket racing promoter. But where did it start for you? And because we're a motorsports marketing show and so obviously we, we, you know we all three of us drive race cars uh, we all do different things in the motorsports world but we ultimately all got involved so that we could wheel something where where did it start for you at
2: well interestingly enough my my interest in the sport didn't you didn't start as far as wanting to get behind the wheel of something it, it actually evolved into that and uh when I was 18, actually when I was 17, it was my senior year of high school. Um, my father's company uh, got contracted by a HRA to do on-site fuel testing for them. And this was back in, I'm going to age myself here a little bit. That's okay. Don's the oldest guy here. So we're good. Uh, look at his hair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he can take that one off and put on a lighter one if you need him to. <laughs> uh, in, in 96, uh, he started doing his company started doing uh, on-site fuel testing at, at random national events that you know schedule was provided by NHRA and it was, you know, a hush-hush deal. And and at the time, you know, at least gasoline, you know, race gas cars, it was a dielectric meter that had a tolerance reading that was absolutely ridiculous. And then they would do these uh these very minor uh additive. Uh, color reagent tests so we came in and just kind of helped them establish uh, I'll use the word baseline and we just we'd achieve those baselines from the fuels that were being provided now keep in mind you know we got official fuel providers now we have uh, who is it now Sunoco Sunoco and you know before that it was VP and and, you know 76 was fighting at a time back in the day when they had blends we're talking like 25 to 30 32 blends of fuel at one point before they decided to take it to a a minimum amount and then before they took it to the opportunity for these fuel companies to become the uh, official provider. So basically uh I went to 10 12 national events around the country. My first time on a plane was uh to Indianapolis US Nationals as an 18-year-old adult. First time on an airplane was to the US Nationals in 1996 which I'll never forget that race for a multitude of reasons. And, and sure. you know, it, it was an unfortunate race. Uh, and, you know, that was the year they lost Blaine Johnson, Elmer Tread. I, I was there. That was interesting. Um, but at, at the same time, it was absolutely by far the one event that made me fall in love with what we're all doing today and what we all love to do. And it, it's weird because it is. It has evolved and transformed so much into something different, and i using just the U.S. Nationals as an example. But from there, uh, I, I basically, I showed up at the racetrack with my father's company, and I was just basically the gopher. We brought an analyst with us that took care of running the gas chromatography, and I was just kind of the kid that ran back and forth with fuel samples from fuel check to the motorhome. He'd analyze it. I'd run the data back to NHRA. They'd take it, and they'd, they'd file it, and then there'd be a big discussion at the end of the weekend. And they'd, they'd choose and pick and choose which way they wanted to go and things they wanted to pursue and, and different angles they wanted to take to try to uh, eliminate the gray area, which there was no black and white then, basically. It was all gray. Um, so that that took me into, you know, you get to the racetrack, and if all i got to do is run fuel samples back between Comp Eliminator, Pro Stock... Uh, stock, super stock. Uh, what do you do in the middle if you're a kid that knows nothing about drag racing? I would cruise around. I was, I was the big dorky 19, 18, 19 year old getting hero cards, uh, wanting to watch fuel cars warm up. Back then, you know, they ripped the throttle, which was bitch and scared the shit out of me my first time. Um, but then, I, I the tech, the tech guys kind of took a, a liking to me, or at least some of them did. Some of the older ones, they, they. <laughs> they wanted nothing to do with me. Right. (laughs) Uh, but I got to get involved with, uh, helping, uh, tear downs, you know, writing down the notes as these guys were taking them boring and stroking motors, uh, checking valve lift off camshafts and stuff. It was just, it, it, it was, it was bitching. Right. So about a year after that, um, a year of doing that, uh, Bob Blackwell and Danny Gracia asked me if I'd be interested in coming to a divisional race uh, to help and just do fuel check. Come see a race, you know, uh, do all that. And, of course, I was like, well, hell yeah. So, so then I got to go see what a divisional was like. And, of course, I was expecting something much bigger than what it was. <laughs> and, and, you know, I had high expectations. They did, get, they did a good job of leading me to believe what, what was all there across the country all the time. But um, spent, a, spent another year and a half doing that. And, I mean, it was like like streamlined. They had me at races, whether it was NHRA or my dad's company, 35 weeks out of the year in 98. So I'm working divisionals. I worked the junior finals. I worked the ET finals. I worked, I think, 15 or 16 national events on top of that. And they said, uh, we want to try something. Well, what's that? Well, we got a vacancy in the tech director's position. And at the time, they were actually wanting to get Mike Rex to come down. Well, Mike Rice was still up in six, and I think Mike at that time had – he had commitments there, and I don't think he was ready to make the move to Southern California just yet. So they offered me the job, and I just – I kind of laughed because I'm sitting in an office in Glendora with Danny Grausia, Jim Skelly, uh, Gene Bergstrom, Graham Light, and Carl Olson, which if you know Carl Olson, I mean, he's with SFI now, and, and Carl's, in my mind, he's the man, Right. So here I am, twenty years old, bleach blonde hair. I grew up, yeah, you know, I grew up right down the street from Cameron, so I was a beach bum. And here I am getting asked to be the Division Seven Tech Director. So of course, you know, without ever considering, you know, their best interest. Well, fuck yeah, I want to be the Tech Director. <laughs> so I I took the position, and uh, it was an awesome experience. I mean, I. It, probably be for another show and probably a different audience but i got some stories that would just blow your mind and uh i did that for three and a half years and throughout the later part of that three and a half years i had met robert neighbor met a lot of people but robert neighbor had become a really really good friend of mine and he talked me into going to the hangover nationals at palmdale that year to get my license in his dragster. oh boy
0: that's where <laughs> oh, i got my yeah. license too yeah yeah
2: that's a big so, old boy so what do you do if you're 22 years old you just got asked to, to go to the hangover nationals on new year's day and get your license in a supercomp car what do you do in november when you talk about that i know what i did i went to victory race cars in order a goddamn dragster <laughs> oh, God, hadn't been in the car yet had not been in the car yet hadn't been in the car yet and and i go and order a dragster so i went and got my license with robert and his dad and and uh burning long john signed off on of my license and uh yeah from there kind of the rest as far as racing's history you know i uh i, I raced with robert for some time Then I, I got out was able to get on my own get a little bit of uh um i guess self-sufficiency you know trailer all that stuff and from there i just kind of built off that tried to do as much as i could i've, I've been lucky i've been able to go to a lot of different races met a lot of great people Drive a couple other people's cars. I mean, I still to this day, the baddest one. Don knows what I'm going to say, but it's that that little Vega from Huntsville. Still the funnest car I've driven.
0: The brokest MFR and in, in yeah, Alabama? Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> Cameron knows. That's how we hit. Every time he can, he can call me and say, I talked to Cameron today. Say, yeah, and he goes... I just try keep trying to get him to understand that I am the brokest mf oh, in <laughs> the broke dick redneck.
0: Uh-huh,
1: yeah. And I, and yeah. yeah, and now, yeah, and now I'd love
0: it, to be. his broke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, you're,
1: if so, you're, if you're that broke, I mean, you, you probably still got a smile. Oh wait, he does have a smile on his face all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, I got a when I left NHRA in 2 oh, I just went back to work for my old man full time. And uh, then in 05, uh, the guy who taken my position as tech director had, um, he left, and they put somebody else in the position, but they were out of towners, So, the territory here, chassis certification-wise, kind of came with that position. So, they rehired me just to do chassis service. So, I've been still a certified. It's certified. I use that word. <laughs> certified. But, <laughs> A certified chassis inspector for NHRA again since 2005, so I'm
0: on my 15-year tenure. Yeah.
2: I told That's
0: Angie, she, she's getting her citizenship right now, and I told her, I said, I can't wait to call you a certified American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is
1: she? she yeah. Yes, she so, is. Oh, yeah, gonna... so I,
2: I, I moved into the uh, decided, you know, Peter and Kyle, just to give you a little background on the the promotional thing, which is... Probably the good and good enough only reason why I'm here with you guys. but so when Peter and Kyle developed the the Spring Fling brand, obviously, i was I was a huge uh, huge fan of it because you know, I always read and even in National Dragster online, you'd read about the races George Howard was putting on. You'd read about the races that Danny Sons was putting on. And then George and Danny took the risk and they moved them west. We had the B&M Racer Appreciation Series at Vegas. We had Danny Sons bring his deal uh, to Tucson. And for whatever reason, and I got to say it was just the times and and the availability and what the West Coast was so used to minus grade points, car quotas. I I just think it was maybe bad timing because everybody was kind of in that NHRA wave. So when Peter and Kyle... You know, laid the foundation for what they're doing. Um, I flew back. I raised. I've been to Bristol, I think, five times. Um, I've yet to go to Gulak. Uh, I've I've been to every Vegas fling. Um, I, I I talked to uh, actually, it was me and Brad in uh, at Indy in 2014. I walked into his trailer and I said, "What do you think about putting on a bracket race?" "Oh yeah, really? Where?" "California." wait, what? California, dude. He goes, you think it'll work? I said, I, I think if we try, it will. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, we, uh, we spent what that's labor day. We spent the next three months kind of putting down it, putting together a game plan purse entry schedule. Uh, and I got with Fontana who had already, I'd already kind of laid the, you know, broke, broke ground with and just asked what their thoughts were so i knew i wasn't just going to do all this work to be told yeah, you're crazy and uh they they came at, back at me with wanting to be uh somewhat of a partner in the deal so i said well i'm going to make this work and um you know i've, I've been pretty fortunate we, we we haven't had the uh elaborate five six seven hundred car counts but to be honest with you i i think those events are where they need to be uh Could i see us having one somewhere down the road possibly but i I think the 250 to 300 car count uh races and cameron's been cameron's done really well you know it's very accommodating money-wise time-wise is a big one and, and schedule wise when you're trying to work with the track if you have any sort of uh you know um uh curfew and stuff so We've, uh, we managed to grow from one race the first two years to two races the third year to uh, four different tracks or three different tracks and this year we had started with a uh, a scheduled three events last year we experimented on Labor Day with third event and it was a success so we thought well hell we'll bring that one back, we'll just reposition some things try to restructure and then we're gonna make these things three different entities well you know, somebody wants to come to this one they won't even realize that they're coming to one of mine that's the other one so.
0: Yeah no, and I gotta say, you know, yes, at the previous at Race Pack, I was we were a sponsor for Chris's events, and uh, you know he did a great job not only on the on the sponsor front, he our return on investment was was amazing on that, and he he really took pride in in advertising all of his sponsors extremely well and all that stuff, and it just it was run or all of his races are run really fun, you know they're just it's not it's not like a burden you know like you go you sit there for nine hours and everybody's having fun they give ice cream when you know you got to go to the buyback window like they, they do a lot of cool <laughs> i know stuff. where that like, came from yeah like it's just a lot of that stuff i mean hell my wife was all about that you know she's like i hope you lose first round so i can get ice cream i'm like really cool awesome so but yeah no I, his his program he's he's got it figured out and you know hopefully uh, everybody will continue to support his races as he uh, as he continues to to grow his brand
1: well, Chris, you made mention about you know George and and Danny Sons and those guys, and they and they were promoters basically during those time frames that were probably ahead of their time. Where now we would probably kind of look back, and you could probably put them on somewhat of the same plane as somebody like Kyle and Peter and yourself uh, and the Folk family, based on the times and the situation. That being said, being out there on the West Coast. What is the biggest challenge that you can continually hear from your customer base about having, you know, three, three granders, five granders, 10 granders
0: out in that and out on that portion of the country? Them trying to figure out how to take it out of super comp mode to to bracket race.
2: (laughs) That's just a push of a button on the, on the, uh, the, uh, 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 delay box, lay box.
0: box. Yeah, but yeah, that's you know, hard for a lot of these fools.
2: I've noticed because I've done it. And you go down and do it, and then they come back and say, "Well, that was a lot of fun. That was easy." I said, "Yeah, it always was." Yeah, it
0: always <laughs> um,
2: was. Exactly. Well, well, I mean, I mean, to, just to to brush up my point, George and Danny were definitely ahead of their time. It just the 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 appeal to it had not made its way on the west. It was obviously the most prevalent thing and the, the highest demand in the south and the east and even in the midwest which you know that that standard still stands the difference is is that as much as they're growing i I don't think that the the interest in those types of races are growing at the rate they're growing now on the west coast because the the opportunity is becoming um i don't want to use the word easier but uh, much more available in comparison to what everybody over here has been accustomed to which was go to a couple divisional races, get your grade points, and you can race Pomona, Sonoma, Seattle, Vegas, all that. That's no longer as accommodating as it can be to say, okay, well, I mean, we give you a four-day race, the schedule's laid out for you. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to race every day. Uh, we, we, I look at it as – And and like you you did say, Don. I've been lucky enough. I've been traveling. I've I've been to quite a few races. I think this is when we were talking earlier, I've been to a lot of races. So it it took quite a few years for me to say, I like this about this race. I did not like this about this race. I like this, but I, I think I could do a couple things to make that better and make that very appealing. So when you start throwing all that shit in the pot, you know, it, it is as great and as easy as to some people it all sounds, pulling out that flyer to make it all look right on, on online and in hand, is it's a pain in the ass. But when you get people and companies and sponsors to support you and get behind these events that also are looking for new opportunities and maybe things that are a little more available to their customer base, it helps. So... All I'm doing is is taking quite a few years in the business of developing relationships, working with different companies on my own race program, working with people through teardowns and as a tech director, working with people. And these are all people I've always, you know, you you know how it is. As many people as you meet at the racetrack, you could be two, three years, and you're going to go right back to talking to them the same way you did three years ago. But when you give them a vision and you simplify it, but you give them all the 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 side details, which strengthen that large vision, that's where I, I think these particular types of races come into play. So, uh, as much as I, uh, I, I, I've been allotted a lot of credit, I've been allotted a lot of thank yous, and, and people treat me really well when they come through the gate to my races, I, I only look at that for me as a reflection of how I want you as a racer coming to my event to feel about, you know, how I feel about you. You know, it, it's not that big of a deal to go up to a racer and say, I appreciate you being here. Hope you're having a great time. If you need anything, give me a holler. Now, we both know I may not be able to get that. I may not be able to do that. I definitely can't reverse the wind lights or change the time slips. But if I can get you in the gate through tech and you're in your pit ready to race and you're happy, guess what, dude? The rest of this shit's on you. You can come back to me when you make some money. Other than that, I <laughs> you you figure out what goes between the two pieces of bread.
1: Well, and that's (laughs) absolutely true. And again, it's like any racing organization. You you can't make everybody happy. You just have to do your best to make the, the fairest decision on a equitable plane for everyone, your customers that roll through the gate and spend money with you, as well as your marketing partners that help support your events. Going back to the, the market, the space that's out there on the West Coast. And you're talking about 250, 300 cars and that just being, you know, that being a huge success and being, you know, sustainable uh, in that region. How much of your thought process of going in at these races is about trying to expand your generational gap? Uh, you you start looking at your a lot of the customer base or a lot of the racers that are on the West Coast. There's a lot of first generation and second generation racers out there. There's not a whole lot of newcomers, young kids that are that are wheeling, wanting to wheel a bracket car. There's a lot of young kids out there wheeling go karts and mini sprints and micro sprints and Cam's over here got his kid on a dirt bike already. Um, how much are you focusing with your partners to try to? cultivate new customers
2: well I, I i wasn't trying to laugh too loud but my oldest just walked by here to get me another beer and he, he <laughs> could you get it for, for, for those for those of you that were paying attention to the screen he just walked by in full-fledged football uniform with his helmet on we, we're not that <laughs> special here okay he 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 just got this deal his cousin kicks for the seahawks so he's all tickled to death he's got a helmet and all this stuff so don't don't think nothing less of me. I mean, it's bad enough I got to let a Seahawks fan in the house. But <laughs> so you know, and and that's that's an interesting question, and it's it's presented an interesting opportunity for me because uh, the the let's just call it the initial generation we're appealing to now. You know, and that that range could broad from seventy to about my age, I'd say right now, maybe a little younger, maybe to Cameron's age, what twenty four. 23, 22 last week. Wish. I'm just going off looks, but I'm trying to help you out. Hey, I'm good uh, that that. 35 I, this year, I, man. I whew. think what's there, I think what we have there and what a lot of the other promoters are providing, a, a lot of that resonates with um, – Basically the, the the financial opportunities, I mean let's be honest. I mean, there's potentially four races this year that are still tentatively on schedule that could pay seven digits worth of money to the winner. We're not talking about a total purse. I mean, hell, it'd take me seven more years to get to a million dollars total of my purses. But but we're talking about four opportunities potentially they could pay that much. But as far as expanding into the next generation, you know, I, I don't I don't see from uh, the communication i've initiated with a lot of the junior parents um as far as you know the interest in this type of stuff because i know from the west coast alone last year we had a group of i think it was 17 or 20 kids that all caravaned. parents set this all up to haul their cars and take them all together and they took them back to the eastern conference finals last year which i, I don't know if that's something that's been a the camera might know a little bit better than me, but I don't know if that's been a standard practice over the years, but I thought that was pretty bitching. And they, they all come back and tell me, as I, as their dads are paying me gate entry money, and they say, when are you going to do something for us? When are you going to do something for us? Well, a year ago, I initiated a, the junior invitational into the West Coast Classic. And for, for 24 spots, I had just shy of 90 kids call, like called to want their name in the hat. So, of course, that that sparked a lot of conversation um, with how do we build off this to give these kids an opportunity that's very unique to anything they've ever been offered. Um, And, and, you know, in the form of money, a lot of people have their opinions. Well, how could you justify giving a six to nine year old winner, you know, three grand?
1: Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars podcast brought to you by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by motionraceworks.com for all of your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, motionraceworks.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is
0: when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way.
1: Well, now our audience has someone to call. I need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you.
2: So, uh, you know, with all all the kids traveling back and forth, the the question kept arising as to whether or not this would be the right move. So, like I said, that's that's what we decided to do is started to implement to see what kind of interest we could have if we were to promote a large, large money, big money bracket race for the kids. And, um, you know, we initiated that at West Coast Classic last year. We brought it back on Labor Day. And we had every intention of bringing it to the Canon Desert Classic in March, which we're still going to bring them in um, in September. The only conflict with that is is when we got our our rescheduled date after this uh, or whatever this shit show is we're living through. <laughs> uh, it it conflicts with the uh, the junior uh, division finals in Vegas, so we're basically just going to leave that opportunity open. Uh, we'll, we'll scale the fields down for them, whatever we got to do, give them an opportunity to come win a big check if they can't maybe make Vegas or whatever. But, um, going back to your question of, you know, how do we, how do we bridge that gap with the next generation? I don't know that that's going to be as big of a challenge, um, as some people are laying it out to be as much as trying to create more interest trying to find more people even our age you know or in between uh that are are ready to build a car to go even just to go bracket racing but i'd be lying if and if i said that a lot of what has driven me to do this and enter what is crazily enough my six year doing this is to try to help promote exactly that the grassroots racing that's that's where everybody says, well, that's where all the money's at. Well, that's that may be the case, but that's kind of the, the breaking ground for you if you want to become a competitive drag racer. Whether you go heads-up racing or not, if you got a street car, you can go run Sportsman, which we're implementing Sportsman into our programs. We want to give everybody a taste of what we're doing, but we also want to give every, what we're doing a taste of everybody, if that makes sense. Oh, so, yeah, it you know, has to.
1: Yeah, no, and I think – I know – Luke always talked about that, you know, Bogacki from, you know, being able to impact at the local level. And I know, I know it's not taking place right now, uh, which maybe hopefully it will in the next couple of weeks. But there is a racer, and his name escapes me right now, that actually in the state of Pennsylvania has a couple micro-sprint cars. And so that he brings, brings people to the racetrack. You know, and it's like, let them drive a micro sprint car, uh, you know, around, yeah. a, a, you know, to do nothing more than create that interest, like you're saying. And, you know, I some of the crazy stuff that I've seen people, you know, different track promoters try to do with powder puff, with bringing out the wives, the girlfriends, high school classes. And I mean, there's so many things across the country that certain par- certain parts of the country work and certain parts of the country don't work. Uh, but we absolutely have to create interest because if not, we don't have manufacturers. We don't have part sales. We don't have the next wave of interest or customer base. And if we don't focus on that, you know, obviously you can't focus on 100% being a race promoter, but you've got to give it its due diligence uh, to, to focus on it. Because if not, you're the only person you're going to be promoting is a bunch of 70-year-olds that can't get out of the race car
2: yeah and and we 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 try to uh, we try to kind of look at the percentages of each event, like who who's re who's a returning customer? who's a returning customer to this you know, especially now that we've got a you know an event here in Arizona or in Arizona, we've got two events here in California. you got to kind of look at the, the the logistical numbers and and where those demographics lie. And when you start to look at percentages, and then you start running through tech cards and then I realize how many hands I shake and get a first introduction. And, you know, I, I have to ask everybody, I mean, at the racetrack that tells me they're there racing, like, how'd you hear about us? You know, I'm, I'm not trying to say, okay, well, if you got a flyer, you got a discount. What I want to know is where's more of you because where you came from, if you heard about it, you've got to know people that probably aren't here. How do we get them here? And it's, it's, it's twofold. Obviously that this is a, uh, it, this is a money-driven business. We we throw money out there so that the racers can come come get taken a, a, t- a shot at it. But our, my goal is to get racers through the gate. That's how that's how this flow system works. You know, we I don't just say, well, hell, I'm I'm willing to toss out 175 thousand dollars this weekend. Let's go put on a race and see what happens. This takes work, and and anybody that thinks it don't probably either never has promoted a race or won't promote another one. But
0: and, they all know how to do it. They just tell oh, you about it every man. time, right? Well,
2: and you know what? That, that's okay. I mean, I, I, I agree with you because I've, I've had people tell me how to do my job better. And, and in the midst of it all, you just you just let it soak in. And at the end of the day, you'll probably find something positive out of it. And, and it usually directs to another situation or whatever. But ultimately, the goal here is put together a flyer. You know ours is pretty simple there's no there's no science to it. We want a reasonable entry for a reasonable four day opportunity, and we we try to feed off the the grassroots local guys by setting it up a, as an accommodating entry fee what they we feel is a good value per day. Sometimes they say, well, like a pro racer, well why do we got to pay you know a hundred dollars less than super pro and we're only racing for half the purse? okay well, you can look at it that way, but I'm just going to tell you flat out how it is. We get half the number of you guys. And if you look at it per day, you're only paying $105 to race for five grand. How really bad can it be? If you go to a weekend summit race or you go to a weekend deal, at least on the West Coast, on the West Coast. Now, I can't argue across the country. I can't even argue in the next time zone. But if you go to a race on the West Coast, you want to race for five grand based on the structures that are around here. You're going to pay $250, $300, you know. So you try to keep it reasonable. And then what I do is, you know, I, I got racers all over, you know, Mark Kidd, Dan Lafferty, Mark Kidd's a big sponsor of ours. He comes all the way down here to support and has support at every event. And as long as he can get three days of racing in, and I know if I throw a 64-car bonus race out there for a higher entry fee, but a winner-take-all type situation or a set purse where it's 20, 25 grand, that's, that's what attracts the racers that are following the money. So I feel as though it's it's a it's a pyramid of an opportunity for the guys that want to go bracket race and want to race for big money, and an, also an opportunity for the racer that maybe doesn't see that, you know, well, those guys have been racing all, you know, 25 years. I can't beat them. I can't beat them. But I can pay $300 to go race for five grand a day, and then all of a sudden they win four or five rounds. They come pick up a check for me for a day or two, and they say, how early can I get the next shootout? So that's exactly that's, right. <laughs> that's that's how you, you you try to set the appeal on a, on a stepping stone because to just throw here it is. You know, $750,000 yeah. come get it over here it's just it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell.
1: Uh you got to build up confidence and I mean it is. And at, at the end of the day you're asking somebody to 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 uh, separate themselves from disposable income that they may or may not have. And they, they actually need a little confidence nudge sometimes off of, and that's, and you're going to reap the benefits of that. And hopefully they do as well, uh, at some point down the line. Oh, Chris, I got one more question before we, uh, before we cut you loose and we start having fun here. What do you think is the most appealing factor for companies to be involved with your bracket racing series,
2: um, I, you know I, I I typically evaluate this question. I'm not gonna lie, Don. And you're I know I see you at PRI every year, and that that sweet little hot rod I can see. over I wish you would just kind of like move over so I can look at that hot rod of yours because it. I mean, you're you're getting old, but you ain't pretty.
0: I'm still trying to figure out what that that dungeon is up above his head there. With the you know black what? curtain. Yeah.
2: After what happened, what just happened across the street, Cameron, we don't need to talk about
0: it. Somebody's uh, got to pay for this race car habit. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, agricultural. Uh, yeah. No, I I, uh, I, look at the value of our events, and, and I appreciate Cameron saying this, but I, I see the value in exposing these companies that have backed this sport for years on end, have pumped, you know thousands potentially millions depending on who we're talking about into this sport to get this to where it's gotten to be uh to to put a value on our events in comparison to other promoters i'm not going to sit here and do that because i quite frankly i don't know what the i don't know what the answer there is all i can tell you is that with our events i see it as a puzzle piece I just have them all laid out and I try to put as many pieces of the puzzle because, you know, a five-piece puzzle isn't that much fun, right? You can look at it and tell you how it's going to go.
0: I now, just did a thousand one. They're really hard. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> now if you got – well, hey, quarantine has turned puzzles into the hot ticket, bud.
0: I'm telling you.
2: Uh, this thing but, is legit. But if you can – if you can, the more pieces you can entice to this and knit them to know hmm. that there's a, there's a directive here that – you know, I want to work with the sponsors so the sponsors can work with the racers and I'm working with the racers to create an event so that the event can prosper from the sponsors. It, it, it's it, it's just that, that schematic of all four elements coming together. And and it, it the appeal has to come from basically numbers with sponsors. I mean, we, we got to bring racers through the gate that, that want to race, that want to see this. And when we get provided... You know, a, a lot of racers, and it's funny because if you look at our flyer, you know, and a lot of promoters are doing this, best losing packages, triple O packages, uh, dead on dial uh, raffle drawings. We do random drawings and giveaways for entries, all that stuff. And and keep in mind, we, we, we work really hard. I got Sean Langdon who's essentially my indirect partner in all this, he comes and flies to every one of these races because he absolutely loves doing this stuff. So he's kind of the race director who legitimizes all the, all the, you know, the buys, make sure that's straight, make sure all the, the, the potential buys are straight. Cause a lot of the behind the scenes stuff comes into play with this, but the round packages, the giveaways, it, it's a tough, Behind the scenes thing to do when you consider you got a lot of paperwork to evaluate, you got a lot of numbers to look at, and we we enjoy doing it, and the the sponsors enjoy being a part of that because it's a direct representation of of they won this, we can reach out to them and we can get them to hopefully if it's a gift certificate, spend some money with us, spend some extra money with us, or you provide them with a product. And I've always told them, I said, look, you give us a set of tires, and and it's it's sure as shit always going to be the guy running Hoosiers is going to win the Mickey freaking. Uh, he's going to win the Mickey gift you're right? Except
0: but for me, I've all all the times I've been involved with Chris's races, Pete and Kyle's like sponsored all this crap. I've never once won anything at any of those events. <laughs> <those> you're not. <laughs> although I've to. I've done good at them. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. But I just but, but people win like twenty things a
2: but, weekend, hey – with 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 uh, with the change of avenues, you've got COVID nineteen kept you from taking away ch- conflict of interest, But, I mean, you're in there now.
0: So also true. You are also true.
2: You are eligible. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> I'm essential.
2: Yeah, you are essential.
1: Oh, you're but, essential. All right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but Sears college for the w. We've we've actually had had racers question whether or not that we felt that was necessary, and I said a hundred percent it is because oh, this yeah. platform. This platform doesn't grow if we can't keep all the components in it. Because without without racers, I can't keep promoting purses, and without any sort of help or you know, there we know there's still the diehards out there. Uh, who's your sponsoring this race? We're, we're going to this race. We have to. Well, you Let's know race. what's
0: crazy? It's like these people. You you people are gonna bitch about anything. Obviously, we all know that, but I think like. It's more it's ten times more work for you as a promoter or whoever's behind the scenes doing all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's for the racer. Like, do you really need to call Hoosier or Mickey Thompson or whoever say, Hey, can I have a free set of tires to give like you don't get anything out of that. You know what I mean? Like they're not the headlining sponsor or whoever. Like, you're doing that out of the goodness of your heart because you're a racer and you understand that somebody Will eventually win that those set of tires and be psyched on it. You know what I mean? Like,
2: well, I I, I see the value in, in keeping these companies and their products involved in the sport and and going back when before I got off on a tangent, I do this shit a lot. Second, my hands start moving, guys. Just say, hold up, go back. <laughs> so so if if the guy who uh, the the Mickey racer wins the Hoosier certificate, okay, so Hoosier's probably like, well, not going to get a customer out of that, but but let's just let's just look at all the possible scenarios here if you're hoosier one he's gonna go put on blast that he just won a set of tires at my race now do i really like it when they go post it all over social media i don't think it's the best of looks however it gets hoosier some time and anybody that likes it or comments or tags somebody in it that's a good thing cameron you know how that stuff works Mm -hmm. if uh if if they are a Mickey customer and maybe they're not happy at the time, well, hell, I've got free set. Maybe I'll try it. I heard that they got a good product. Maybe I'll try it. Or even worse, you put it out there and you put it up for 50 cents on the dollar for what it was worth. Somebody buys it, they're guaranteed a business-to-business, a racer-to-company engagement one way or the other in my opinion. As long as it's presented the right way. I can't just go throwing paper and envelopes and saying, here, go have at it. You've you got to you've got to dress it up a little bit. And I, I I feel as though we do a pretty good job doing that because I'm not going to take, you know, $1,000 worth of tires or or $1,500 worth of race pack equipment and not feel as though I need to engage the racers in that and have them say, you know what? I may not win the $5,000 or $10,000 or $15,000 check, but hell, I got a shot at doing this. And right. nothing better than a guy or a gal that walks up to the tower and says, "What'd you guys call me up here for?" Well, you were best losing package that round. So what I get? Well, you got a, you you got a, uh, a brand new Simpson helmet, uh, whatever, whatever, ca- yeah. California car cover for your dragster from Jimmy DeFrank and two hundred dollars to buy whatever you want from. Oh, and by the way, here's your four hundred dollars for losing. I mean, that's trying. To, great, Greg Hicks is a good example. He came to Fontana three or four years ago. The, the dude, I, think, I don't know if he won or runner up and run for the money. If he's watching, trust me, he'll correct me as soon as possible. But <laughs> he he won. Uh, we had triple O raffles for entries into the Spring Fling Million. Me and Kyle always worked together on these things to try to you know multi, you know promote both both ends. He won an entry the first day, so there's a two thousand dollar entry you made on a hundred dollar investment. He also was triple O again the next day, which threw his name in the uh, hat for a set of lamb brakes for a dragster. Guess who won that? This dude, he told me, he goes, I won $4,200 worth of product that I am going to use and didn't win a damn round aside from the <laughs> run for the money on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's still he happy.
0: Out, he came out with the W, man. Yeah, Hell still yeah. happy.
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Chris, I mean – you guys have obviously, and I remember when you and Brad kicked off your first one and he was a part of it and you've obviously got Sean. And Sean has been, in he's like Luke, he's been in every hellhole across the country uh, driving a race car and he's, he's, got, he's got enough experience to, to be able to be involved. In, and he wants people to do well and so do you. Um, that being said, we don't want you to do well because we're going to send you out of the show now. And we've got a couple tough questions for you. These are always where the the fun kind of kicks in. Uh, And so uh, I challenge you to think critically of your answers at this time for someone of your stature, um, your reputation. This is this is going to be tough. And so I just want you to understand that these this part of the show does not get edited. Okay. so uh, it's Cam's laughing over there. So this is here we go
2: yeah Yeah. Go so, ahead. all right so fo-
1: focus here now guys as jeggy would say you just need to pay attention for one minute all right you get to send one christmas card to somebody in motorsports who are you sending it to <laughs> what yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, the, uh, the one you should have finished with that one it would have been easy um Don Garland.
1: Ah, there we go. That's the first time Big Daddy makes our uh, our call list. All right. Okay. Well, see, I always try to start off with the easy one and then with the hard one. (laughs) Here, here comes your hard one. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who's it going to?
2: I think that's going to a certain top fuel driver. Cameron knows him. I, I I don't. I
0: don't. I don't. I don't there's no lights on so nobody's home so i'm not sure who you're talking about <laughs> I, I mean
1: we are, are we talking i mean we talking about langdon i mean
0: well yeah, i guess he is a top kill driver I, who are we talking about i'm i'm, well, I, I mean,
2: it, I'm perplexed go, at the moment it it, it could go do it two different ways you gotta remember i'm still a promoter here guys so i gotta i gotta i gotta mind my p's and q's just over here.
1: <laughs> what what? I have had we have literally had people on this show that are are executives and they give the wtf card to the NHRA administration. Okay? <laughs> so I uh, I mean I, I'm really concerned about your promotion aspect and so uh you know my next stop is probably going to be Kyle or Peter. I'm probably going to need to get them. I want to see exactly how I mean
0: Hey, yeah. I'll help him. It's it wasn't Motel 6. It's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he knocked the top light out, baby.
1: Dixon even told. See,
2: well, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, 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 you can go. You can go two different ways, Cameron. You can go two different ways. <laughs> I mean, hey, Cameron, it's fire and it's ice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I'll look, it at that. look, I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, hey, K- Cam's good. They worked out their differences, but there is one thing about history; it will sell. It will always be on highlight reels just as much as Force and Pentagon, as Kalita, or uh, dang it, Herbert and McMillan. uh, I
2: mean. Well, I I think you missed my inference there, Don. I said it could be fire or it could be ice.
1: I might have (laughs) missed.
0: I might have missed.
2: Like ebon, is lady. that like ebony or,
0: and ivory or whatever? I mean, very, okay. very, similar. Yeah. very similar. I got, you. I got, you. I got uh,
1: you. Well, Chris, for those racers that are out there listening that may want to travel to your neck of the woods, mm. where do they need to go to find out about the West Coast Bracket Racing Series?
2: Uh, well, you can go to uh, westcoastbracketraces.com. Uh, obviously, we got a Facebook page that's probably the most constant current information that we have as far as our events um i can be called i'm not going to get my phone number over here it's in every goddamn porta potty across the track cross country it seems to be <laughs> um but we we are on schedule at this point at least um we'll be at wild horse pass motorsports park september 10th through the 13th with the k desert classic and uh we will be at right here at auto club dragway in fontana october 15th through the 18th for the sixth annual Silver State Commercial Refrigeration West Coast Classic, so plan on having a fifty grander there uh that we we had initially put together for what what was supposed to be two days from now for the Memorial Day race. um We got we got quite a few things that have come together. I've just been it's been tough to not promote now right now through all this, but I you know it's also been tough to or easy not to because you just never know which way these things are going to go and being in california since you know don just loves and is tickled to death that he gets to bag on us west coasters uh we we just kind of kind of we got to kind of see how things unfold here and we'll we'll do the best and obviously i'm 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 motivated if anything to to be able to say i had to reschedule an event six months back that's all the motivation in the world you need to just fine-tune everything you were going in with because it is our first year at wild horse but also i got some i got some uh Got some pretty pretty good screws I'm gonna turn in the same turn the wick up on the on, on this event.
0: Turn that wick.
1: Turn it. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate you taking out time of your busy schedule on the West Coast <laughs> out there, of drinking beer, raising little kids, and uh, having sarcastic humor that you bring to the table.
0: We always appreciate it. Chris and it. I have more in common than he knows. <laughs>
2: yeah. We, we we just can't we can't vertically meet to talk about it. You know this I mean? is
0: also true. That's why we have to sit at a table in order to have any sort of conversation about anything business related.
2: <laughs> no, sorry, Cameron. I had to throw one jab. I've have had to listen to Dom back on you all night. I had to get in. On you. Oh, it's not even We're close. To,
1: it's not even close to being done. We still got the closing part of the show. That's <laughs> that's not even close yet.
2: Well, I appreciate I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Hey, you're welcome anytime, sir, and we wish you all the best out there with trying to uh, impact the sport that we're both passionate about.
2: You got it. Thanks.
1: Have a good one, Chris. Cam,
2: yeah.
1: uh, you cannot beat it. You just cannot beat it. Chris, uh, he's out there, he's doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, and he has been around the sport for a long time
0: and No, you know what's funny? Like I've known him for a really long time, and I never like knew how he actually got into racing, so that was a cool story to hear. And, uh, you know, just goes to show you, like, you don't have to be, you know, I'm a huge advocate as everybody knows, you don't have to be born into this sport in order to, uh, to love it and to fall in love with it and to, to live it, breathe it and do what we do. So, um, you know, he, he's a cool cat. Um, you know, I've done a lot of business dealings with him, you know, through, you know, my previous work at race pack and, um, he's treated me always really well. So, um, you know, he's, he's a good dude. And, you know, he's, he's doing great things for the sport, which, which uh, you know, because, see, you don't know, but California, like, doesn't have shit for, like, bracket races. Like, you know, people try it, and, like, it just failed, and, you know, but he he's keeping it going, and he does a really good job at it, and, like, people are psyched. And I joked earlier in the episode about how, oh, like, changing it from super comp mode to to bracket mode, but you, you laugh, but people are so stuck in their ways that they they literally don't. Know how to do that, or they don't want to do that because they're like, Oh, I my my crew chief pro, uh, like I don't know what to do. Like, but then they realize they turn the stop off and they're like, Oh, shit, this thing actually runs pretty good without the stop on it. This is fun, you know. And then they realize, Like, I'm gonna go sit for nine days and get two runs when I could go to Chris's race and get and race every single day, like he's talking about, and get some maybe get some ice cream, maybe get some free set of tires. Like, I mean. You know he's doing a good job. I mean, and so are Pete and Kyle, and you know all the people that are doing the big money bracketry stuff. Like, obviously, there's people making a living doing it. So, you know, it's it's awesome what they're doing.
1: It's just, I mean, any racing's better than no racing. And and again, I guess I kind of look at it from the standpoint of what you have sitting in your driveway cannot make you any money if it sits in your driveway. That's I, it cannot make you any money sitting there. And you have to go to the racetrack and you have to find a place for it to, to fit in. And, the, you know, um, one, of your, uh, one of your counterparts there in the top fuel ranks, you know, they were talking the other day in an interview that I read that, you know, they can't make any money with their stuff sitting inside a building. And the only way they can make money is if they're racing. And that's, you know, for a lot of people. If you look at your equipment that way, the only way it makes you any money is it has to leave the driveway. It, uh, you, you you have to go somewhere. It looks nice sitting there, but you got to go somewhere to make some money.
0: No. And, and you know, it's the whole deal is extremely unfortunate. Like obviously we're dealing with this whole pandemic stuff. And it's like, you know, I, my whole life I've wanted nothing more than to, to pay my mortgage with my right foot. And this point in time, I mean it's honestly a blessing in disguise that I that I really do. I mean part of it, yes, but the majority of, of what I do is is outside of racing and you know, racing is my outlet and my my passion. So you know, do I still strive to, to pay my mortgage with my right foot? Hell yeah. But you know, I, I, I feel terrible for the people that like you say, if this stuff's sitting in the driveway like they're they can't and, and that sucks and Hopefully that this will all turn around and you know everybody can come out on top. Be optimistic,
1: grasshopper. Be optimistic. We're going racing soon. Going racing soon. NASCAR was on tonight. NASCAR was on over the weekend. How did that go? Huge, largest ratings ever. Hmm. So get some of that. Uh, Yeah, it's. Hmm. I I mean, totally excited about it. Again you know it's tv package it's the only sport on and people are you know people want to watch people want to see what's going
0: on so um well speaking of nascar i i got a uh, I got some hate mail delivered to me about the fact that we need more roundy round people on the show so we're gonna have to dig deep and see if we can find some the local yeah. short track people
1: no but, absolutely i hey i dude we they're out there and they're struggling to race too uh, big race coming up right down the street from us here in June. Uh, Hobstadt where the USACs and so forth, the uh, World of Outlaw Sprints kickoffs or get their whole, their seven races in eight nights or something like that. It's a huge deal that's uh, going to kick off right up the road here in Hobstad. So, uh, yeah, now we'll totally start pulling people in. Looking forward to it. And uh, next week, my friend, we might be doing this show. From Joe, the house of Joe O.
0: Well, he better come back on the show then.
1: Well, we're so obviously long weekend coming up, Memorial Day. Uh, for those of you out there, take time out. Remember the fallen soldiers, uh, veterans, so forth. Not the people that are still living. In Memorial Day is for the people that have passed. Uh,
0: I always and it's them. not just to be standing on the deck of your boat drinking out of a beer bong and having a day off on monday
1: no it's There's not a reason for it so play the national anthem and say the play of allegiance. god dang it oh uh, so uh no <laughs> we're looking to head head back to the hub dyno next week so i'm looking forward to hanging out with joe and his guys of it hyperactive on tuesday spinning some wheels making some power so we'll have some make social. sure
0: you steal a hoodie for, for me
1: oh no not happening
0: i'm a size medium
1: nope don't have them Not for you. Not for you. You leave the buffet now. All right, Cam, dude, I hope you have a great weekend with the wife, and I am
0: out of here. Me too. Yep, but before I go, I just wanted to say thank you to uh, the usual suspects, Motion Race Works, LB Trailer Sales, and the new – did you hear that? Let me make sure this is on. Yep, yep, it's on. Um, our new sponsor to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast that would be Manscaped. It's a uh, trimming company that uh, all you dudes should probably know about already. If not, you should probably take a look at it. Um, I will just say your lady will thank you. That's all I got to say. So the brand's called Manscaped. So as you can say, you know, not only will the your lady thank you, but the boys will thank you too. If you know what I'm saying. So. Um, If you do, go log on to manscaped.com, get yourself a new trimmer and whatnot. Make sure you use the promo code RIRC and get yourself a fat discount. So scope it out. Aside from that, thank you very much to Voice America for uh, all they do for us in producing the show. And uh, yeah, don't forget to get yourself a hoodie. So like always, Don can pay his electric bill at racersandrentalcars.com. See you. Later. Thank you for listening to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Motion Raceworks, Performance Data Systems, Streetway Marketing and Media, and Stupid Fast Racing, and racersandrentalcars.com.